welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. And we're back. Welcome to 2019, the start of uh, our offseason. Do you know all your rookies already yet? You have them all, your rankings, everything all figured out. You know who your RB1 is, you're taking it 101. Yeah? No? Okay, me neither. Uh, I'm still working on that. In fact, I put out a poll about this podcast, my first podcast, 2019, and I said, what should it be about? And I gave three options. I'm going to hit all of these options eventually. Uh, probably put them in the wrong order. I said, first, we can do some off-season trade targets, and then we can do introductions to the 2019 rookie class, getting to know the players, be familiar with the names, not so much analysis, but just get to know who they are. So as we go into the combine and so on, we'll be one leg up and ready to actually apply the analysis. And then finally I said, there's just the good old cliche post-season episode of reviewing last year and all the successes and mistakes, all the hits and misses. The The poll was pretty dead even. So uh, thanks, I guess. Thanks for participating if you did. Um, so I decided I would go with the one I was most prepared for, which is actually going to be the off-season trade targets. So that's what I'm going to be talking about today. And we'll get probably into reviewing last season with the next episode and the rookies are going to have to wait because I started doing some research and it's a lot and I'm just not ready. I'm not a college football guy, so I'm not already on top of all that stuff. I get all my information from everyone else. So if, you, if you're the first time listening, it's 2019. Maybe I got some new listeners. Welcome. This is Fusion Fantasy Football. So what I do here is I bring together everything I'm hearing and reading from all kinds of different sources, and you're getting my distillation, my synthesis, my composite opinion from all of these different things, which I'll, hey, tune my own horn, but I think that worked out pretty good for us last year as far as the rookies. I was able to miss a lot of the busts. Uh, I maybe didn't hit on all of the big hits, but it, I, you kind of get a temperate view, a tempered view of all these rookies. And uh, when you're really in close, like some of the scouts and so on, sometimes you might hit on some of the the lesser known people, like the, 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 the people who are really high on Kamara. Uh, I wasn't super high on him, but I wasn't down on him either. But you also... You also don't hit on those. You also don't get those misses, those Ronald Jones like last year, where a lot of people were pointing out a lot of warning signs, and I was able to listen to them and hopefully pass that on to you. It's those kind of things that Fusion Fantasy Football is all about. I'm trying to bring you the best of all the perspectives. And sure, it's always going to be a little bit subjective because it's, it's going through the filter that is that is me, Josh. So sorry, I mess up sometimes too. And and of course, it's not a pure consensus because you know the majority view, the consensus view isn't always right at all. I'm still trying to weigh the actual arguments and opinions 
for their own quality, not just quantity. Even if 60, 70% of the people feel a different way, I might go with the minority sometimes if I feel the minority has a better view. So that's what I do here. I'm going to be pulling together all the different podcasts I listen to, all the different articles I might read on all of these rookies. And as we get closer and closer to the combine and then the draft, we'll try and uh, get as high quality picks and order and ranks and so on as we can. So this episode is not about the rookies, though. It's about the veterans. I'm not going to get into all the hits and misses, like I said. That'll be the next episode, probably. But I'm going to go over a few players. I say a few. It's several. It's many. It's a lot. I've got 18 names here, to be exact. 18 names for you guys. And what I basically did is I went through each roster and just looked at the stats and looked at the players and said, which player here stands out as someone who was maybe better than perception. I actually came up with four categories. So the first category is deep stash. The next is up and comers. Then you have the players who were just forgotten. And then you have the players that were overlooked. So deep stash is, is, And all of this is at this time of year, of course. I'm talking to you dynasty players, probably. Probably, I'm I'm looking at just your standard 12-team PPR dynasty. Okay, that's going to be my default when I'm giving values and so on. Uh, I may bring up Superflex, where it applies to quarterbacks. I'm not getting into quarterbacks right now, for the most part. I probably should just stay out of quarterbacks that aren't named Andrew Luck. Um... But we'll get to that next episode. So deep stashes are the players that you probably could even get for free. Late round rookie pick. These are guys who I think have potential but shouldn't cost you much of anything. And they're easy cut if they don't work out basically. Next we have the up and comers that have a little bit more value to them. And even if you have to pay a little bit for them now, their payoff will make what you paid for them now look cheap. Then we have players who were forgotten. The forgotten players are those that a lot of them were dealing either with injury or just a terrible situation or, uh, yeah, probably their situation was just terrible. Uh, And as as a result, we've pretty much forgotten about them. They don't come to mind when we think of good players and good situations for next year. So some of these are going to be because of situation changes, um, come back from injury, and so on. The final is the overlooked players. And these are players that were overlooked because of either perception. Maybe there was another player on the team that overshadowed them. Maybe they didn't do as well as they did in past years, uh, contract reasons, overall team offense reasons and maybe some injury as well so that's when I when I say the category that'll give you a sense of what I'm talking about so I'm going to start with the deep stashes and I want to talk about some tight ends and this is relevant because I'm recording this the day before the Super Bowl go Pats that's right I'm a Patriots fan suck it I hope they win uh, this this is gonna this is gonna really age badly if they don't. 
Um, but hey, nine Super Bowl appearances, I'll take it. Either way, win or loss. So the problem is, as everyone is aware of, Gronk is a big question mark. Gronkowski is a big, big question mark. You can't sell him for anything of value right now. If you have him, you almost have to hold him in Dynasty. No one knows what's going on because he could easily retire, especially if they win the Super Bowl. You could imagine Gronk just retiring. He could stick around a couple more years, and every offseason it's going to be the same. Is he going to retire? Question. Well, these are two names to know on the Patriots that I bet you can pick them up completely free right now. So the first name is Jacob Hollister. He's been on the team. This is his second year. He sticks around. The coaches seem to like him. The problem is he seems to get injured really easily when they do use him. I would give him, if, if I had to lay odds, as far as the, the tight ends that are on the team now, he would probably be the one. The other player is a player who was signed late in the season. His contract actually goes into 2019, so he is signed for 2019 with just a $640,000 contract. It's Steven Anderson. Yeah, blast from the past. If you remember, this guy had a really good 2017 with Houston, and a lot of people thought he was going to be one of these breakout tight ends. He did absolutely nothing last year. They cut him. They let him go. But he has landed with the Patriots. He is a 26-year-old. He's definitely a little bit smaller. I think he's like 6'2", maybe 6'3", more of a move tight end. But that works for the Patriots. And, and it's the same for Hollister, by the way. Also smaller than Gronkowski, 6'3", I believe, more of a move tight end. Hollister has a really nice uh, 80 percentile dominator rating back in college. He's definitely kind of the receiver type. Anderson, not so much in college, but he did show it in Houston, so he has some ability. These are players I would stash if you have a free spot. I don't know how your taxi works and so on. But until we know what happens with Gronk right now, get him. If Gronk says, I'm staying, cut him. Simple. The next name is a similar situation. Um, I'm going to jump over to, I'm, I'm going to stay, this is a little unique. I'm going to stay within the categories, but because we're talking about Gronkowski and tight ends, I think I'm just going to talk about all these tight ends right now because any one of these could be a, a potential to replace Gronk if Gronk does retire, but also they could just be a good value on, on any team. Then I would say the first one is Austin Safarian Jenkins, who's just been forgotten. He was in the news briefly because the Jags aren't picking up his 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 option. Uh, I've heard it worded different ways that he was released, but it's basically they're not going to pick up his option. They may have preemptively released him then. So he's a free agent if the Patriots need a tight end. Uh Seems to me that it should be a no-brainer, should be a good option for them. You also have, after Austin Safarian Jenkins, you have Demetrius Harris 
in Kansas City. He is older than you think. I believe he is 26, uh, maybe going on 27. But he's a very, very nice profile. When he has been used, he often gets those tight ends. If you have Kelsey, you know he gets those irritating tight end uh, touchdowns that you wanted Kelsey to get. But very capable. I, I kind of picture him as this year's Trey Burton, but without the big uh, late season breakout and and then a contract. So you're going to be able to get him cheap, but he can still go on somewhere and produce points as a team's number one tight end easily. And finally, also overlooked is Cameron Brait. OJ Howard is the big name there, and deservedly so, but he that's two strikes against him. There's a few strikes against Cameron Brait. First of all, OJ Howard. Second of all, he has a contract um, that costs the Buccaneers about six to seven, depending on the year, between six or seven million each year to keep. But there's no penalty. They can cut him for no additional penalty. There's no dead money. So they have to do that before, I believe it's the June cutoff date with the actual um, starting the new season. So they can easily let him go, cut him. If they're being nice, they'll do it before free agency here. So again, this is a now move. If you can get Cameron Brait on your team and he's cut, he gets signed up by another team that needs a tight end, and there you go. He's back to being a team's tight end one. The other reason is they just hired Bruce Arians as the coach in Tampa Bay. And Bruce Arians... He doesn't have a great history for tight ends. I've I've seen this debate going on on Twitter and so on. Everyone likes to pick out stats that show that his tight ends don't do much for fantasy. On the other hand, the names that are there aren't great. There's been different situations where tight ends have done all right for him. I don't know if it's really a, like a Bruce Arians thing that his tight ends do bad. Uh, if he has a good tight end like... OJ Howard, I think he's going to use him more than he has in other situations with lesser tight ends. But again, either way, it's a strike against the second tight end in Cameron Brait. Because if he is going to use him, he's going to use Howard. And so to me, it's another strike against Brait. Um, so that's it for the tight ends. Kind of stayed in Gronk's orbit there. Uh, it's especially valid because of right now, Super Bowl, so on. I should have like recorded a reaction to the Patriots winning before it even happened. But uh, hopefully I'll release this before the Super Bowl. But you probably won't have time to listen to it. All right. So we're going to go down the rest of the deep stashes and stick to categories now. First of all, I got in Indianapolis, the rookie, redshirt rookie, Dion Kane. Uh, went on an injured roster in preseason, but he was looking good before that. And we all know that Andrew Luck needs more talented receivers uh, after Hilton. He has Hilton, and then it's the tight ends as a substitute, essentially. But Kane could be more of that kind of slot possession guy and 
so that he's not conflicting with Hilton's role. He's not conflicting, you know, with the tight ends necessarily, red zone. There is a role for him. If you remember, Inman had a number of good weeks, and then it was Ryan Grant going back and forth between Grant and all those other names. I think Deion Kane has as good a chance for anyone to take over that role and just be that guy every week, health allowing. Similar kind of situation player in Washington, I have Trey Quinn. Mr. Relevant uh, definitely lived up to that title this year, but it was mostly injuries fault, and he did come back at the end of the season and, and showed up here and there. Depending on the quarterback situation in Washington, uh, the new quarterback could really like that kind of short possession option, depending on who it is. I don't know who else they're going to have. Um, I do believe most of the other receivers that have been around there, Doxson and so on, they do have Richardson still on contract, but Crowder is a question mark. We'll get to him later. But Trey Quinn, again, it, cheap. Okay, th This is the point. The payoff is what we're looking at. If if it doesn't work out, you cut him. But the payoff, if it does, is worth it. You get enough of these, you only takes one of them to hit to make the other 10 that you had to cut worth it. All right. The last one is a little bit borderline uh, between up-and-comer and deep stash. It's Curtis, Samuel, and Carolina. They, they've got a lot of these guys, similar profiles. Uh, DJ Moore and Samuel are very similar. Even McCaffrey, I know he's a running back, but still these small, fast guys, they seem to have shifted away from the the big former tight ends like Benjamin and probably will not be reciting Funchess. So Curtis Samuel has an opportunity to step in as the second wide receiver behind DJ Moore. So I'll take it. He's only 22 years old. Big play every time he gets the ball, it seems like. Uh, I'll take a chance on that if it's cheap up and comers we've got in Miami Kalen Balage. I have never been a huge Drake believer and we don't know whether the new coaches will well are they gonna get new coaches I don't know what's going on in Miami all I know is he showed enough to make the coaches interested for next season and if, even if they keep using Drake in the way he was used this year, I think Balage can slip into how they were using Gore, if not better. So it won't take much to recoup his cost if you'd buy him now. And then in Green Bay, we have Equinamius St. Brown. Not Marquez Valdez-Scantling, not Jamon Moore, not Jake Crumrow, although he was considered as well. But as far as the up-and-comer, the idea for this up-and-comers category is players who have really high upsides. Kalen Blodge's upside is taking over that backfield if they decide to move on from Drake. Uh, Equinamius' St. Brown's upside is being the next Devonta Adams. If you all remember Devonta Adams, there was a time when people soured on him. He was supposed to have his big year when... Jordy Nelson was injured, and, and he just didn't seem to step up. But the next year he did, and then, of course, this year, wide receiver won. I guess scoring 
dependent, but he was up there. So Equinamius St. Brown, we know that if Aaron Rodgers likes you, he's going to get you the ball. So the coaching change uh, doesn't doesn't worry me. Again, if Rodgers likes you, he's going to throw you the ball. And towards the end of the season, Brown was coming along and getting more work, it seemed, and started to develop. And I like that his arrow was on the up, his arrow, his his curve, his trajectory was going up as the season ended. Whereas MVS, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, he, you could have sold him really high, which I probably should have. You probably should have too. But he kind of plateaued if not went down towards the end of the season. So he might be a, a good buy to MVS by in his own right. Just anyone with a possibility of a share of that passing game with Aaron Rodgers has high upside. But of the group of young guys there, um, at this point, my money's on Brown, which is a change because I did like uh, MVS in the middle of the season, but I can't deny how the rest of the season played off. So I'm going to switch over to Brown. So now the for forgotten players, we've got Devonta Foreman in Houston. If you were listening to me last year, I hope you were. I told you, just give Foreman this year. Just pretend he's out the whole year. But I did say, once that year away from Achilles is up, he can start getting back into things. And the next year, which will be 2019, he can be himself again. I don't know all the medical details as far as his specific Achilles. From what I understand, it will never be quite what it was. But how much of what it was? 90%, 80%, 50%? I don't know. Only time will tell. But I don't think he's going to cost that much because right now people are afraid of Houston getting like a Le'Veon Bell or someone else, uh, maybe even Tevin Coleman, anything, they're afraid of free agency. So you could buy him cheap now, or you could wait and just avoid it altogether. But know that if they just go with a rookie and they don't sign anyone new and they just sign a rookie, that means Deonta Foreman's in a position to be an incumbent. I'm not afraid, unless it's a first-round early second round running back I'm not afraid of some third or fourth round rookie running back taking his job right away so Deontay Foreman and look even if that means once he shows something you sell that's fine do that next in Miami back to Miami I've got Albert Wilson Um, he's only 26 years old so he's right in his prime and he's going to be the top receiver for the Dolphins this year it's my opinion, but look at the rest of the team. They can save $9 million if they don't pick up Parker's fifth year. And he hasn't given them, what, a couple games every now and then. He flashes and everyone gets excited again. But is that really reason enough to trust him and give him $9 million for a fifth year? I don't think so. But it's the Dolphins. Who knows? Uh, another $6 million if they cut Amendola, plus he's just getting older and gets injured under that workload, which we saw. 
So that leaves Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant. So they're probably going to draft some rookies, maybe sign some cheap free agents. But the incumbent who we saw, his workload, what he was doing with it, I think Albert Wilson uh, could be a very good option. And they're probably getting a new quarterback too. Uh, there's been rumors about Tannehill being cut or traded and so on. But I, I'm pretty sure they want to tank for the 2020 uh, rookie quarterbacks. And that means the overall offense may not be great, but we still saw what Wilson could do even in a bad offense. It's just vol- it's just going to be volume with Wilson, basically. And I think he's going to be in a position to get the volume. Um, next in... Washington, again, we did mention Jamison Crowder. This is a risky one, but he's pretty cheap. I mean, he could almost have been a deep stash. He has had a really bad, I mean, nothing last year, this past year. And the year before that was when people were really excited about him, and he did nothing for the first half of the season. It was only because he he had several good games at the end of the season when he came back that he was even getting drafted at all this for for 2018. And, of course, Alex Smith. Everyone got excited about Alex Smith and Jameson Crowder, and that never happened. So it's going to depend on their quarterback situation in Washington. Uh, Alex Smith, he's not going to be back for the next year, if you haven't heard, if at all. So they're basically moving forward as if he's never coming back. And if he does, great They've still got his money on their cap, but they're going to have to deal with that. So they're probably going to be going with some replacement-level quarterbacks and also looking towards the 2020 class because if you haven't heard, this 2019 quarterback rookie class is not great. I don't know a ton about them yet, but what I have heard is it's not good. So Crowder, he's just in a position to... It's really a volume play. Again, if you can get him cheap, that's it. So that's it for... Oh, wait. I missed one. Keelan Cole. See, I even I forgot about him. I almost forgot about him. Everyone's forgotten about Keelan Cole. Look, if they get a, a quarterback in Jacksonville, like they've been talking about, Nick Foles, uh, can you not see Nick Foles just locking in on Keelan Cole? Do you think he's locking in on on D.D. Westbrook, D.J. Chark? Are those the players you think he's going to be locking in on? I don't think so. I think he likes his tight ends, and I think he likes his intermediates. I think he likes Keelan Cole. So, and look, this this isn't just based upon, well, if they get Nick Foles, then he will probably like, no. He's a good player. He's a good player who was in a bad offense with a bad quarterback and I'm not holding it against him that's it he looked good when Bortles had the best stretch of his career I think a better quarterback will gravitate towards a good receiver and I think that's Keelan Cole simple as that so now we have the final these are the better players if you haven't noticed we're moving up as far as cost and value So now we're to the overlooked players. These are actually fantasy-relevant players, I feel, but I think their values are just a little depressed because of the situation. In Indianapolis, we mentioned how 
I'd mentioned Deion Kane and how they need other offensive weapons. Well, one of those that they did show up this year was Naheem Hines. He had a few good games of his own right. I hope you sold when I was telling you to sell. Uh, but he fell behind Mac, and rightfully so. Mac did well, showed up, I think proved he can be their main back. I'm not fighting that, and I'm not arguing against that. All I'm saying is he still, during that stretch, when Mac was back and having good games, he was still getting five or more targets through those last five games. He finished the season with 63 receptions. 63 receptions. If you didn't know, that's a lot for any running back, let alone a rookie, let alone a part-time rookie. So I think that offense, their situation, he can be just as productive, if not more so, going into next year even if he is the satellite back for the team. He doesn't need to take over Mac's position. And here's the thing. The one knock that even I will admit about Mac has been health. He seems to get injured. So you always want to think about, well, best case scenario is not only is he the best secondary satellite back on the Colts in a high-volume passing attack, he's also can step into being the guy if Mac gets injured. Upside. So I really like Hines. He's often forgotten about because everyone's thinking about Mac. That's all. Uh, similar situation, Royce Freeman in Denver. Everyone's all enamored by Lindsay. But his numbers are incredible for the usage he was getting and being a rookie. Lots of touchdowns, good efficiency. He... He's a good running back, just like we thought he was in the preseason, and everyone was all excited about him. That Those takes weren't wrong. It's just Lindsey was better. But can Lindsey continue to be better? Can Lindsey continue to get be used at that rate and not, you know, die? I don't think he can. Look, um, there's lots of good smaller players like Lindsay there have been in the past I always think of my personal favorite Danny Woodhead and Danny Woodhead was a special player and whenever we evaluate these smaller backs I I myself have said in the past you know you can bet on him being the next Danny Woodhead but you have to understand the chances of that being true are really really low I mean do you remember the Donnell Pumphreys right players that we thought might be the next Darren. Well, there was Darren Sproles first and then Danny Woodhead. No, those are special players and it's really hard to predict when you're going to find the next one. And Philip Lindsay may be the next one. But even when you go back to Danny Woodhead's career, he had to be managed. You know, the Patriots, I think, are one of the best teams at doing this. You saw how they used... Sonny Michelle, how for years there they got the most out of Danny Amendola, even though he was injury prone. They kept him around. They they they've really managed his usage. I think Lindsay is going to have to get his usage managed to stay healthy and be um, not just be healthy, but also be efficient. I mean, there is something to the idea that you can overwork a player and that he will be more efficient per touch 
if you manage his you should pull it back a little bit well freeman's going to be the beneficiary of that um i i don't know if Lindsay's injury is going to hold him back going into next season i don't i don't think so but it could slow him down in the early stages of you know off-season camps voluntary camps otas but i just think freeman is a talent and there's new coaches there too i'm not a believer in their passing attack so i think they're going to keep running the ball and i think royce has potential there to uh to really become a valuable and fantasy relevant player not just the guy who busted behind for Lindsay. Um, I already mentioned Harris and Brait are all, were also in this category. Obviously, Harris is behind Kelsey, Brait behind Howard. Uh, I've got two more names for you guys, and they're pretty big names. But Stefan Diggs, he's he's not going to be cheap, but Thielen definitely overshadowed him, and people might still just keep digs at the value he was at but i'm i'm looking at it and saying his value can go up because i don't think Thielen's can go up Thielen's can only go down his usage can only get down and i think that digs is in a position this is dynasty he's in the position next year and the year after and the year after to be a wide receiver one whereas Thielen is going to he, he's getting older there's no doubt, and I don't know how much he can keep it up. We saw at the end of the season he definitely slowed down. Was that his age catching up? I don't know. Was that the team as a whole? I don't know. But I think Diggs, look, even if you're just buying him at what he was, he was still right there near the top, uh, top tier. And he doesn't have to be the one like Thielen was for a portion of the season he just needs to be right up there near the top to be worth what you can buy him for uh obviously every league's different every owner's different maybe the owner who has him realizes this more so than others but Diggs is a beneficiary right now of maybe some perception being off a little bit finally cooper cup same thing he was injured uh there was all the other receivers there. There was a lot of doubters going into the season, but you we can't forget what he was doing for the first portion of the season there and how how much Goff seems to love him. It it can't be it can't be overstated that this is a top 20 receiver. He was a top 20 receiver and I don't think you have to pay top 20 receiver prices for him. Again, Depends on the owners, but this is just my perception. And perception is going to be, for all of these guys, look, perception is going to be even within communities. My community might be might not like Keelan Cole or or I'm looking at the list here. There's not a lot to debate. My, hey, my community might be high on Royce Freeman, but in your group, maybe they're, even, they're down on him even worse and you can get him cheap. Uh, a lot of the people I know agree with what I said about Royce Freeman, so they're probably not selling him as low as I would like to buy him. But in your situation, in your leagues, in your communities, maybe he is cheap. So there you go. 
hope you can get some use out of those guys. Um, I've been trying to send out offers for a lot of these players before I release this because inevitably the people who I'm in leagues with and listen to the show now know and they will not trade them to me. Thanks a lot, guys. Trading's kind of slow right now, but it's a really nice time if you can really dig down and identify players and positions. And there's more than just these guys. These were just the ones that I'm not hearing. These weren't names that I'm hearing a lot. That was the idea to get some names out there that I'm not hearing a lot. And I think you can get cheaper than what they're really worth. Maybe not by a lot, but enough. Any edge will help you win. Every little edge helps you win. All right. Hey, trying to get back into that. It's probably a little dry there. Me just talking a lot. I'm going to try and uh, look, I've got a bunch of guests lined up for this off season. We're going to get some more um, podcast profiles, introduce you to some of the people that I, I read and listen to. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Hope to get some uh, other regulars in here. We can get uh we can get Crocker in here again, but I know it's better for him in the summer. So that'll probably happen later, but Hey, stick around, share. I don't, I don't say this a lot, but if you can leave, if you can leave reviews, ratings, anything like that, I'm going to be trying to make a little bit more of a push this off season going into next season to, uh, to really be more consistent and, and get a better product out there for you all. It was my first year this last year. So if you've been with me so far, I appreciate all the listens, all the downloads. Thank you so much. If you, have any opinions if you have any suggestions you know where to find me i think by now fusionffb at gmail.com you can find me on twitter at fusionffb i keep it pretty consistent i bet you can guess what the website is which uh i need to i sorely needs an update uh it probably will happen along with my next episode where i review last year because i'm gonna go over some of my rankings and so on, and my biggest hits and misses. But FusionFFB.com, who could have guessed? That's where you can find it. Bookmark it for later when you need to find it. If you can't remember what it is, because it's really easy, everything's FusionFFB. All right, 30-something minutes. I think that's good for a first one back. I won't make it too long. Go... Get your veterans, get your trade picks here before free agency gets crazy. But uh, we'll be looking at taking advantage of that too. So at any point in the season, there's edges to be found. So take advantage. Go Patriots. Uh, Enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday. Stay safe. And I'll see you next time.